you're listening to the Red Diamond Courier, an Elder Scrolls podcast. Here are your hosts, Bob Chichinsky and Dog Bark 24. Welcome everyone to episode 106 of the Red Diamond Courier. I am here with you as always, Bob Chichinsky, my good, good friend, Dog Bark 24. Dog, how you doing this week, my dude? I'm uh, doing pretty good. How are you? I'm doing good, man. Excited to be here as always. And this week, we're going to be covering... Uh, just a good old year roundup for ESO. Um, 2022 was definitely an interesting year where we had a lot of uh, stuff going on. And uh, we gave you guys a roundup last year. So I guess now this is like an annual thing, right, dog? Yeah. And this episode has been in the making all year long, quite literally. So. <laughs> Yes, apparently uh, Dog kept receipts, so we we've got plenty of uh, plenty of things to talk about. Yep, I uh, got all the big things that happened down all all year long, pretty much. So, uh, Dog, before we get into all that craziness, is there any news we need to go over? All right. So as far as news goes, uh, this is our last recording of 2022. That's pretty big news. That's big news, man. Another year down. It was uh, it was an interesting one for sure. I think this is the busiest in life we both were podcasting, and uh, that provided a lot of challenges. But. It was still, like, it made each episode mean that much more. So, there you go, I guess, right? Yeah, maybe next year we'll yeah, be able to put out more episodes. Which I think we said that last year, too. Yeah, I'm maybe pretty this sure. Year, or maybe next year it'll actually be true. <laughs> yeah, I think so. I mean, maybe. Uh, like, right now it feels like the only time we even get to, like, talk or play is when we record like during the week so like hopefully we get to like just you know get some more gaming in next year well maybe hopefully ESO and their new cadence does something really awesome that just like brings us both in like we're both just playing constantly again that's my that's my hopes for 2023 right off the bat in the news how about that yeah that, that sounds pretty solid so what else do we got happening here in ESO, dog? And then lastly, the ESO dev deep dive for core combat values was put on, I think, the forums. Maybe they also did, did like, a, a post on their website, too. Um, it's not really much of a deep dive, but did state what their goals for combat was, or are, um, is combat, yeah, uh, it states what their combat goals are, and that's kind of good to know. Um, my big takeaway was that the dungeon DLC next year is going to have some combat changes, which is, I don't know, like we just had a lot of combat changes uh, with update 35, and it seems like every, I don't know, 
two, at least every two DLCs is like a lot of combat changes. So I'm just hoping for like a small amount of combat changes, not like a whole lot. So yeah, didn't seem like a lot there, but it definitely stirred some controversy as always. But I think we'll find out a lot more in probably January or coming up on the next update. Yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking. Like, this is like the precursor of, I don't know, of like a next ESO live stream or something. When like they they normally do combat previews. Uh, if they do that next year, maybe they might go more into that. Yeah, like when they announce the chapter and stuff, usually in January, they usually have some deets on that kind of stuff. Yeah. All right, so it looks like that's going to wrap up the news for us this week. And before we get into the meat of our episode, we do have some PvP scores for you guys. Not PlayStation this week, because my PlayStation's mad at me. And I know what you guys are thinking. Man... Maybe you guys shouldn't wait till the minute before you record the episode to get scores. And you know, you're probably right, but you know, that's just how it goes. Tell them, dog. Tell them that's how it goes. Yeah, that's how it goes. That's what we do. And it works on <laughs> PC, works on Xbox, but I guess PlayStation just like, nah. Hey, you know, Sony, if you just send us one PlayStation 5 <laughs> between the two of us, then, you know, it probably won't, would not happen anymore. Yeah, probably not. But maybe. Who knows? Anyways, so, besides our PlayStation troubles, we do have PC and Xbox scores for you guys this week. So... And let's be honest, like, EP is probably leading both in PlayStation. Like, they always are. Well, the campaign Sid reset four days ago. Oh, that's true. That's true. They're fresh. Yeah. All right. Well, so for PC and A, we got 11 days left in the PC campaigns. We got Evan Hart in first, 59K. Right behind him is AD, 58.6. DC in last, 57.7. This is going to be another DC in last fest, I see. So, EU, we got AD, 65k, EP, 48k, and DC, 45k. This is just... Come on, man. The proud Daggerfall Lion, just in last place, man. What What is this life? Doc, tell me we have better news on Xbox, please. Well, prepare to be a little bit disappointed because for Xbox A, uh, there's 26 days left on these campaigns, and you have EP in first with 12.4K, AD in second with 12.3K, and DC in last with 10.9K. So another DC in last. That's it. I'm turning on my Xbox right now. (laughs) Going but, uh, in. <laughs> uh, but turning it around in uh, Xbox EU, DC's in first with 14K, Sing EP's in second with 11K, and AD's in last with 9.6K. Sing the song, everyone wants to hear it. I don't know what song you're talking about. DC in the lead song, dog. It's patented. It's a whole thing. 
that's your thing. That's not my thing. Oh my god, dog! Come on, <laughs> DC in the lead. Yeah, you're the singer, not me. So, well, dog, to one of these times, man, in the in the new year, that's gonna be your destiny here eventually. Nah, I don't have the voice for it, but you, you definitely have a voice for it. Okay, well, pull out your trumpet and do a little rendition for us. Uh, actually, <laughs> going off on a little tangent here, but I turned out, uh, I played my trumpet earlier this year. Um, turns out not as good, or I don't have the, I guess, chops as what, uh, people in band would call it, uh, as what I used to, and I blew out everything I had in, like, ten minutes, so... Yeah, that that was it was it was a fun night, but it was not a fun night too because my lips ended up hurting for the next like two weeks. So, you know, I did. I pulled out. Uh, like I wanted to do a saxophone thing on our band thing. I pulled out one of my old saxophones and I could like buy reeds and everything. And dude, it hurt so bad to try and play in my mouth. I was like, I'm not doing this at all. Like, no. This isn't fun. This isn't what I thought it was going to be. <laughs> yeah, I had a very uh, rude awakening to uh, normal, at least normalcy uh, <laughs> of what it like, what it's like to not play your trumpet every day for, you know, like six years and to stop playing it for like five years. So. Mm -hmm. So basically what you're saying is you won't be doing the next. uh <laughs> reunion basketball game <laughs> no i probably will it'll be like the same thing that happened but but not as bad as he did it this year maybe maybe yeah maybe <laughs> all right so back to uh eso life before we tangent more on our you know amazing musical talent um dog this year was wild we went to a zone that no one would have ever guessed. Um, even though I'm sure people did guess it, but, you know, I didn't see anyone guess it, so there you go. And uh, it was filled with sunflowers and druids, and, uh, you know, half of them didn't have their bodies. I don't know about half of them. I think there was, like, three of them. Well, what was the Argonian? Okay, they gave you the quest. The daily quest, yeah. The daily quest, and she didn't have her body. I don't know if it was a she. I think it was a she. But I mean, it's hard to tell. Yeah. Well, when they don't have a chest, it makes it <laughs> even harder to tell. Yeah. But yeah, they didn't have their chest. So that was part of it. Um, man, like, there was a new, you know, I don't know, I'm going to sound super repetitive, I just say all the stuff that were new, so, why don't you just take it away, man, what, why, where are we starting here for 2022 review? Well, I mean, if we're going to start it in 2022, it makes sense to start off with quarter one, this happens at the beginning of the year. You're right. And, uh, pretty much... All of this is just something that I started, you know, in the beginning of the year. She kept a note on mostly the big things that was going on in ESO or the ESO community all year long. Um, 
except for the update 35 combat chaos and like the last two and a half months of the year um other than that uh it's everything else is like the my most notable summary of the update 35 combat chaos and like the last two and a half months of the of the year uh wow i can't believe i messed that up a second time i was like did he just start over yeah uh uh except for the update 35 combat chaos and the last like two and a half months of the year i did a pretty much uh my best of a notable summary otherwise you would be here for days discussing of everything that was going on in the eso community and all the craziness going along with that yeah and apparently we're already gonna be here long enough with dogs uh a reasonable summary is what he called it so yeah it's gonna be there was a lot that went on this year and i think the dog did as best as he could to uh keep too much of the craziness out to be fair well i guess we're gonna find out yeah quarter one definitely starts off real chill like so oh god why don't you why don't you tell me why it's real chill like dog <laughs> <laughs> You know, I <laughs> I didn't have planned for that pun, but it just works. Shut up! I honestly did it. <laughs> I'm leaving this in. <laughs> All right, so uh, we start off. You know, January nineteenth, PlayStation Network NA uh, cold storage and sharding update uh, happened. So that was a big thing for I think them. Um. Wow, it was so chilly. <laughs> I didn't. I meant like you know, chill. Yeah. yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. I was always, I was to say chill and like cool, but that's yeah. awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I meant like less chaotic. Like, <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> that was a great synonym. See, this is what happens when I try to segue. Apparently, I just make good puns. <laughs> <laughs> or bad puns, depending on how you view it. This is why dogs stop segueing, because all he does is make puns. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. Now he just says, yeah. Alright, next up we have uh, January 27th. That was the big global reveal for the Heroes of High Isle chapter. So, obviously, that was a pretty big thing thing that means we're probably a few weeks away from the next reveal yeah and then in uh, late january early february we had the daedric war celebration and that was the event covering the somerset clockwork and vardenfell zones and that was the first time that they did a combination of those three zones into an one event so that was interesting I didn't like that event. It was too much. Too much in one. Yeah, I would probably agree with that. Like, I like Somerset uh, separately than Varnfell. It's too much. So, then getting into February, we had 
on February 16th, the Xbox NA cold storage and sharding update. Uh, what a memorable occasion. And then uh, February, March, we had White Strikes Mayhem, so a little bit later than traditional. And uh, the BG system was still messed up, which is probably why they pushed it. And that kind of sucked. So, I know Dog wasn't happy about that. Yeah, that's uh, probably why I uh, said that it kind of sucked, because, well... I mean, that's what happens when you're writing stuff as it happens. Yep. It hurts. It hurts the most. All right. Uh, March 14th was PC DLC day for quarter one dungeons. Uh, they fixed the battleground system to include all game modes, um, like in the queue. Uh, they fixed the jankiness of heavy attacks. And then skills now work with highest stats instead of weapon or spell damage. So that was like another hybridization change that they made. Yeah, that, I remember that one being like not the most insane game changer update. It was just like, okay, here's some stuff. Interesting, a lot of hybridization, which was definitely game changer. Yeah, but they like, they already time. had been like on the route of hybridization too. So yeah, it kind of changed like the uh, most meta stats for like end game dungeons and trials. Yeah, and then you know shortly after we had the March fourteenth to the twenty third, we had a PC NA disaster because there was a hardware failure, and it took them like what nine days. Yeah, that's nine days to figure out it was hardware failure and not the like DLC or any any of the, the combat changes or any of the fixes, but it was just hardware failure. Um, and, and with that, you had a super laggy group invites for a weird reason. Uh, Dungeon Fighter was broken, which I don't know. That happens like at least once a year, sometimes even twice a year. So. Who knows about least, that? Yeah, at that, least that could once. have been like, oh, like Dungeon Fighter, whatever that like that happens. Um, and lastly, I brought long load screens during prime time, which was like, I think the equivalent of like, gen, uh, last gen console load screens. So they're like three to five minutes during prime time. Yeah, I will it's say that like console. I uh, you're right, but I mean, I will say it was a really bad time, but it was kind of a blessing in disguise as well, because I think like that like failure was when they really kicked it in the gear. Like, man, we need to like replace these like physical servers, you know, which yeah. like we end up seeing later in the year. And they didn't even think it was going to have a big improvement on the game. And boom, like it almost fixes, you know, well, it fixes a lot of longstanding problems in Cyrodiil and PC when they do. So like this was a really like it was one of the biggest failures of ESO because the game was literally falling apart because of the server like hardware. And it took them a while to uh, um, like you know, like, uh, 
what word am I looking for? I don't even know. But to single out, yeah, single out the problem, you know, they're just like had to go through a million things to figure out what the heck is going on. They didn't think it was the hardware, so they're trying to figure out like what did the DLC break? Like what the heck is going on? Ends up is just you know part of the server that uh, physically went wrong. So update that, and all of a sudden things are running better. So, but we're gonna see that later on. So. But I think that was a definite prelude. I mean, it's probably something they were already looking into. But I think, if anything, that probably made them like, okay, we need to get this done. Like, before other things start, you know, physically going wrong as well. Yeah, and the other thing that happened during that time was the uh, PCNA cold storage and sharding update. Which uh, kind of what you touched on, but it made this the servers even more unstable, um, probably with the P- DLC launch combined or something. But yeah, until yeah. they were able to get that uh, server replaced or that hardware replaced, it was definitely harder. Right. Yeah. Anything else in March there, Doggo? Um. Yeah, we have a few more things. Uh, from March 17th to the 22nd, there was the exploration event or explorer celebration, I think. Yeah, uh, that's double gold, double experience, and double resource no drops. So, of course, during that time, you know, everybody was playing ESO because that's a really good event to have. So, right during the PC disaster. Perfect time to have everyone and their mother logging on. Yeah. And then March 25th was a letter from Matt Fire addressing the PCNA unstableness, which that's I'm pretty sure when they uh, stated it was a hardware failure and they weren't expecting the hardware failure. They were expecting the uh, update or the cold storage and sharding, something weird like that, not the actual hardware failure. And then lastly for March, uh, we have the console DLC day on uh, March 29th. And that is also fixed the BG system for consoles. Um, and it introduced the de- deconstruction assistant to all platforms. And skills now work with the highest stats for consoles on that as well. Oh, yeah, that was a big change with the weapon or spell damage thing. Yeah. Yeah. And side note, uh my girl Han Solichik just gifted me the deconstruction assistant for Christmas. So how about that? I can deconstruct things on the go now. You can too, dog, when you're in my group. Yeah. Uh yeah, I'll actually be able to use that. That'd be nice. I'm not gonna lie, like it's really handy, especially for like the uh jewelry, because I always pile up my jewelry on my characters. And I never have enough space in the bank to just toss a bunch of it to get on my good crafters. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like, I wish I could just break down the jewelry. Um, like, well, especially when I'm on my main character, because sometimes I'll be like, what is in my inventory that's taking up so much space? I have 200, you know, 15 spaces. And I look and I have like, 30 rings and necklaces that are like blue and green. I just want the 
you know, improvement materials. I'm like, oh my god, I need to break these down. I'm like, ah, oh, I don't have time to go back right now. I'll just sell 10 intricate <laughs> items instead. <laughs> That's like my life so often. And like now I don't have to live that life anymore. So Merry Christmas to me from my girl. And, you know, there you go. Now everyone can get to... I didn't get paid for this ad from Bethesda, but <laughs> it's there. It's there, honestly. So there you go. All right, so before I get any older, let me remind you guys that we are going to take the middle portion of this episode and tell you all about how we're part of robotsradio.net, and you should go there and check out all the other awesome shows because they're awesome, and we are too, and that's why we get to be a part of it. And it's pretty much, that's like the requirement is being awesome. So go check them out. And here is an example of an awesome show. And boom, now you will hear it. Nominated in New Jersey's Here Now Audio Fiction Festival 2020, it's Bioshock, the Midnight Series. Based in the dystopian underwater city of Rapture, Witness what it was like for civilians from different walks of life before and after Andrew Ryan's city fell. It's a tale of deception, downfall, and survival. Bioshock, the Midnight Series, a podcast by Preston Hardin. Listen on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, all right, dog. So now we are uh, cruising through. I guess you would say we're we're into March. So trying to think of what I was doing at this time, March thirty first of my life. Apparently, I was doing something in the Justice Festival. Yeah, probably. March 31st, April 7th. I think I was still playing on PC, so I was really trying to get the princess pig. Yeah, I think think that sounds about right, because you didn't have the uh, Series X or S at that point. Yeah, exactly. So, how was the Justice Festival this year? Was there anything new? Did I get the pig? I don't know if you got the pick. That wasn't, you know, a, a big memory in the ESL oh. community. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't make the notes, huh? No. <laughs> oh, sorry. I, getting the pig isn't special enough. <laughs> All right. I'll be sure to put that in the next year's. <laughs> yeah. Well, everyone's dying to know. Yeah. I, I, I'll be sure to ask you. Next year during the Adjusted Festival, if you got that pig. Well, there you go. You know, if you want to be a good investigative reporter, dog, then you have to find (laughs) the real hard answers, okay? Yeah. All right, but uh, the the new stuff that the Adjusted Festival brought was a new quest, a new group of style pages, and a new memento. That was the new stuff. The pig was not new, Bob, all right? 
Well, I know the pick wasn't new, but I wasn't like, I don't think I was maining PC in the last one before that, you know? Maybe. I don't think so. So I didn't have the pick, and that was like a big problem in my life. That makes sense, I guess. Not really. Shortly after, well, I guess not shortly after, but right after the Jester's Festival, uh, April 7th to the 19th was the anniversary Jubilee event. Man, you know what would have been smart there if I put how uh, how old ESO turned that year, but I didn't. So apparently that wasn't important enough to either. So I'm apparently I'm, I'm just seven. bad. <laughs> I say seven. Because we had the fifth year anniversary cake and it had the circle on top. And then we had the six year cake and it was the oh, it was one spouting one. blood. And then we had yeah. this year's one. No, shit. we had two red ones. So, so eight. this is eight. Yeah, wow, 2014. I saw cakes. And you know what? I have the original one on Xbox, but not on PC. And I think that, you know what? If I have it on Xbox, I should have it everywhere, personally. I think that. Cross save. Number one requested feature, I'm just saying. Yeah. Probably not happening, but you can hope. You can wish all you want. I'm going to keep wishing, dog, until January 27th or whenever they decide to announce it. (laughs) All right. Well, okay. You do that. Did the Jubilee Festival do anything else, dog? Yep, there's a new group of style pages that were really hard to get. Um, apparently, I was uh, salty about that. Uh, oh, also- yeah. I could definitely see that happening. Yeah. You being salty. Yeah, they also brought a new pet that needed three fragments. And you needed to buy a paper from the Empresario to put it together. And then people ended up getting literally hundreds of these spider parts. And they were all useless after the event ended. Because you couldn't buy the little paper from the Empresario. I hated those spider tickets. (laughs) I hate them so much. I think I still have them. I think I put them in the bank because like, huh. Well, I'm actually going to get more next year, so this will be fun. And Yeah, yeah. that's definitely what's going to happen. <laughs> a thousand unlimited more next year. Yeah. I See, sometimes I wonder why my bank is so full. And then I, then I remember, like, oh, yeah, I have a bunch of, like, oh, hey, this is kind of funny to have. And I put it in, a, in my bank. Mm. So I have a bunch of stuff that's kind of useless, but it's funny. So... And I don't look at it for a year, but hey, it was funny. Sounds exactly like you. Yeah. And then the last thing that happened in late April was Liam and Tuttle stepped down from Loremaster to take on a new mysterious project, which I think is still a new and mysterious project today. I don't think we know what happened with that new mysterious project. So, 
Uh, yeah, I mean, the only rumors I've heard, um, which is still super, super just like out there rumors, I don't think anyone actually knows. Um, but I know for sure that Zoss is working on a new uh, MMO, a quadruple A MMO. And uh, the title I've heard floating around is Star Wars Mandalorian style MMO. And uh, the speculation was that Lehman was leaving to work on that. So that was super high speculation. But, uh, you know, he left to, and he stayed within the company. So, you know, um, he was a, a super great guy while he was on the team. He had a great influence on a lot of things, specifically like Mark Meyer. And uh, then when he got to be the helm of being the lore master for things like Greymore and uh, Blackwood, uh, he he did a great job and he was a great face for the franchise too. So congratulations to him moving on. And I'm sure that the next project that he's a part of is going to be uh, very awesome as well. And then also, Michael Zanke is the new lore master in ESO after that point, which, unlike Lehman Tuttle, I think he's much more like in the shadows and it isn't really on social media all that much. So, yeah, it may be like it seemed like because Lawrence Schick, he was like every now and again they would bring him out. And then Lehman Tuttle, who was like, oh, every time we're going to have something, like a big thing, Lehman's going to be there. So maybe they like, ah, we had him a little bit too much in the social light. You know, we should yeah. back the, someone, get someone who's not going to be so much. Because Lehman's very active on, like, Twitter and Reddit and stuff with, like, the lore people, too. And I know that was, like... uh something that not a lot of you know lore masters i think lawrence was the only other one uh but you know because that was a position that zaz created but so uh i don't know but it's interesting and you're right i haven't heard really anything from this new guy i know they had him on eso live like probably once he got hired yeah and that was it yeah but uh, that uh, finishes up April. All right. So for May, we've got just one bulletin here on Dog's Year Roundup Review. And that's going to be May 3rd. The PCNA Data Center Hardware Replacement. And this was the uh, magical, magical thing we were talking about. It miraculously seemed to kind of fix the input lag inside of Cyrodiil for PCNA. So, basically, my dad, when I was younger, growing up, he sold these huge servers. Like, I'm talking, like, thick, huge, like, servers that had these big pulling slide-out you know, disks of memory that was probably like, you know, one gig back in the 90s. But 
That's what I'm imagining is these actual servers. You know, I'm not super technical, but clearly something went wrong in the hardware. And they were like, we need to fix this. Or they were like, we need to like fix this sooner than we were thinking. They got this in and they were like, you know what? We're not going to blow the doors off. We're not going to even tell anyone. We're just like, you know, hey... Well, we're not, you know, they let us know, but they weren't just like, oh, it's going to be good. They're like, hey, this is happening. So, you know, stop complaining about it because it happened, basically. They, I don't even know if they were anticipating how much of a change it would bring, but everything was immediately even smoother. So it was a big win, and consoles have been long awaiting this, for sure. And it's coming, 2023. Yep. That and PCEU. I was waiting too for that. Ooh, yeah, and the EU servers are getting uh, like uh, first words are strong. I'm struggling with words. First preference, <laughs> like they, yeah, they're the first one. First, yeah. Next year. So, what about June, the month of my birthday, dog? Was it a good month? Did we have a? Did we have fun? Um, June sixth, you know, PC high aisle day. So I think it was a good month, except for that day in particular. You know, servers were down pretty much all day for maintenance and troubleshooting errors. So, um, along with that, there's lots of minor inconvenience bugs, which some people got like all of them. While I well, apparently we didn't get any or notice any of them at all. So apparently we were really lucky. We didn't have any bugs. So that was good, I guess. Yeah, I remember it going pretty smooth for high. Like I'm always afraid to log in that first day because like you never know. But it went pretty smooth. Yeah, yeah, I would say so. Other than, of course, you know, some of the companion quests. Oh, yeah. Good old Ember. Uh, and then many involved <laughs> in getting the new companion Ember for certain characters was impossible, no matter how you would try to troubleshoot and fix it. Because they, they, they told, like, they uh, put out, like, four or five different ways how you could try to fix it. And I tried every one of them, and it did not work. So. I mean, I was salty about it because I couldn't get it on my second character that I wanted it on because they had all my companion gear and I wanted it geared up Ember. And Dog doesn't want this goody two-shoe Isabel following him around, okay? Yeah. See, for me, like, I just wish that... I mean, I understand... Why you have to get each companion on each character? Because, like, the quest, you know, like, you could do it on every character. So, theoretically, that makes sense. But can we just make it a special, different type of quest where, like, oh, it's the companion quest. You did it on one character. That's it. Like, I'm sorry, but it needs to be account wide you don't need to have to go do the I, companion I quest 18 times on like and i don't care you zos people if you're listening you can laugh at me all you want oh no one's doing this 18 times yes they are okay they're people 
who play your game, who have paid the money that you want us to pay to get 18 character slots, and now we're spending the time you want us to spend playing the game and they have to spend all their freaking time. Like, I don't get to play that much anymore. If I had to spend the entirety time of all I wanted to do getting the companion on every single character, I, I don't know. I, I just probably wouldn't do it, which is what I choose to do anyways. I just do something else because that takes way too much time. And I log into other characters, so I'm like, oh, man, it would be so cool to like go level up Isabel or like do something. I'm like, oh, my God. I have to literally go get her again and start over entirely, and that's so pointless. I'll never do it. I'll literally, like, I'm not going to level up companions on two different characters. That's just pointless. That makes no sense at all. If they were account-wide, like, and I could already see, like, oh, but if you level up your companion up to 20 on your CP characters, and then you pull it out, and it's all god-tier on your lower characters, it's like, okay, well, then cap its level. Like, make its level progress as you level up, you know? Like, it can only be so powerful. Like, I don't know. There's ways. There's ways. That's all I'm going to say. 2023, there's ways. <laughs> that, uh, that was intense. Um, I do kind of agree. I think it should be treated like a base game public dungeon memento. How once you do it, it's unlocked and you can use that memento on any character. And you can still do that first quest or you can still do that public dungeon quest on any character. You just don't get the memento because you already have it unlocked. And that's how I think they should treat the companions because there's no yeah. when you do that's the companions. Genius. Yeah. Uh, but when you do the companion quest, they don't really leave much room for uh, character choice either. So I don't even see a point of having separate status or uh, separate questing stuff for different characters because. Oh, there's like I said, there's not much choice in care in the uh, companion character quests. So, yeah, yeah, that's uh, definitely a good concept. You know, you could do the quests, but there's just not the reward. Which the quests are hardly seemingly tied to the reward in the first place, so it wouldn't even be jarring. Next up, uh, we have June 21st. Uh, this is the first incremental patch for PC and Stadia. Um, they had as many bug fixes included with that. Uh, they doubled the drop rate for safe box leads and made it so that they can be found in Thieves' Troves instead. I believe that was for the Open Soul lead. So, yeah, because it was in Merkmire and there's only like. 10 lockboxes in Merkmire, and that was the whole thing. And then that update was not included with the launcher consoles, which happened June 22nd. So, like, the next day. Uh, and it was just pretty much the repeat from PC launch, except for that console players could play High Isle on the launch day. So, that was a plus. And with the news of a better incremental high aisle patch on its way, it kind of ruined the momentum for console. 
especially those seeking out the much wanted Oakensoul ring is what I have in my notes. So I was very passionate about that six months ago. And then I believe, yeah. And then that incremental patch happened on July 5th. And it had the same thing that the June 21st incremental patch had. So. That actually wraps up June pretty much for the most part. All right. So continuing on here from June 30th to July 12th. We had the Zeal of Zenithar event. Now, this was an event where you could get tickets by spending gold in guild traders, opening a chest, or leveling up or getting a champion point. So that was, a, you know, a pretty interesting event. It was a first-time thing for that event. Um, you know, it was an interesting, you know, just kind of like, Here's a bunch of different ways you can get tickets that we've never had before. Now, the main way you got boxes is that you had to kill bosses with guild members in your group. Boxes had some interesting items, especially if you're a collector of furnishings, recipes, and other stuff like that. Like, they had a bunch of good stuff. It had, you know, different incentives for playing with guild members, which was, you know, first of its kind as well. And it was just, uh, you know, interesting event that I hope went well and gives them good feedback of, you know, how they can implement that kind of stuff into other events, too, in the future. Yeah, I agree. Uh, next up, we have a uh, July 17th. That is the uh, PC second incremental or July 19th. It's just console. And that brought more bug fixes, and they fixed a weird CP glitch where some people cannot use CP from chapter release. And with this fix, it introduced another new bug where some people had an extreme amount of CP, like way more than what they were supposed to have. So, fix one CP glitch and introduce another. Can you imagine not being able to use CP for like a month and a half? Like, what? I mean... Yeah. It must have been a small amount of people that that affected, but that must have really sucked. Yeah. So then we go to July 25th, where they had the hot fix for everyone. It fixed the CP bug that occurred after the second incremental patch we just talked about. And it reset certain blue CP and made it so if you had your CP slotted in the armor system, you had to redo it. If you weren't paying close attention to the forums, you probably missed it like Bob. And if it was weeks or even months afterward and you're playing on a secondary character, you probably forgot about it like me. So, Or if it was like two months ago and you were like, man... I should look at my CP, and they're like, oh, oh, all my blue CP <laughs> isn't slotted because I'm on a random character that I don't normally play. Yep. Yeah. That happens, man. That was a weird thing for them to have to do, and just, like, it happened, but there you go. 
And you know what really was frustrating is it ended up like it got saved to like one of my armory things, so I kept switching back to it on my main character, oh, yeah. and like, yeah, I ended up with no blue CV every time, and I was like, would have to like be like, what is going on? So yeah, that was kind of an interesting occurrence for me. Yeah, I uh, I, I hope I fixed it from on my end for the. Uh armory slots but i don't know because i don't really use it that often you know so yeah yeah now you have to look all right next up we have a uh, july 28th and august 9th and this is right streaks mid-year mayhem and they added some new things but you know still mid-year mayhem so yeah good old mid-year mayhem you know i'm really uh they haven't announced it yet, so for this 2023, so the fact that it's been since you just said, you know, July 28th, August 9th, I'm definitely itching for it to come back. Hopefully it's a, you know, mid-February kind of thing. But judging on, you know, we said it was February to March earlier this year, so, or I guess earlier 2022. So that uh, would make sense if it continued that pattern. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think uh, we're having uh, like uh, Sky, not not Sky Season of the Dragon. Yeah, Season of the Dragon event before. So that's coming. So after that, the entire month of July and first couple weeks of August, there was just like a lot of toxicity from the ESO community. It was getting pretty bad. Yeah, uh, this started off with a combat change preview where the goal was to limit the ceiling by lowering overall DPS, making the end game content more accessible and c casual friendly. Uh, they introduced this as limiting light attack damage as a flat amount and on GTS showed damage over time and heal over time ability timers being doubled ticking once every other second and lowering their DPS or healing per, or healing per second by around 30 to 40%. And they also changed the animation of Templar drives and dual wield flurry strikes and people didn't like the new animations. Yeah, I still like it doesn't feel right playing on my standboard in with flurry strike rapid strikes now. It feels like so weird still. But hey, it is what it is. But I remember, like, the accessibility thing, people were like, man, they were so toxic about that specific, like, word and phrase. It was like, wow, this is uh, dark dark times. Yeah, definitely. Uh, continuing on, uh, many endgame PvEers were criticizing Zoss for lowering the floor significantly, as well as drastically lowering the ceiling when it achieved their goal. Um, and then casual players were angry at endgame players for criticizing Sauce for making the game more accessible. And then you had toxic responses on top of reasonable criticism. Critical criticism. 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 Thank you. Uh, which ultimately got ignored and lost in the toxic sea of responses from both sides, really. And lastly, some ignored any type of reasonable criticism and went full on ignorant and said well then i guess you're against disabled people or an elitist gate gatekeeping casual player you know from both sides which is you know a very 
bad combat that we see from our real life politics on pretty much like a week to week basis. So it was very disappointing to see that in our ESL community, to say the very least. Yeah, it became a very like, uh, you know, extreme ends of the side. Like you are either like on one side or you're against it. And if you had anything logical to say, then you should just shut up. So, and then look what happened. You know, the world didn't end after all. Yeah. Or at least it hasn't ended yet, right? <laughs> We're still got our fingers crossed, at least. Alright. So, like, this is probably, like, a couple weeks afterward. Uh, the PTS changed, and the big thing was that the ground AOE stayed the same, but Sticky Dots held the 20-second timers, and that's how it, the uh, damage over times are right now. Um... And then this still went on for weeks where the first time I can think of the minority of the toxic PvP community was outdone by the toxic or the toxicity of the U35 community groups on like all sides. So Man, that, that takes was, a lot. Yeah. But you That's, know, I'll go ahead. The outshine that toxicity of the PvP community is really takes a lot of uh, negative effort on any community's part. Yeah. And, but that was until, you know, of course, Mid-Year Mayhem happened, where many of the toxic PvE on both sides pulled, like, a little truce, and they attacked the PvP side of things. I went on how they shouldn't get two or sometimes three PvP events in the year. And, you know, just ignore the fact that PvE has, like, ten PvE-oriented events of the year, right? So... Yeah. That was an interesting take that uh happened. Just one of the many interesting takes. Yeah, so at that point, you know, you had all aspects of the community that each other's throws over either update 35 or because PvP exists, which Yeah, I mean the PvP existing thing is like kind of something that happens just as a general basis, but it was really outshined because everything was just outshined during that time. I remember I read one uh, comment just on PvP in general earlier this year. And it was someone, and, you know, to be fair, it was someone, uh, it was, they were, like, the comment I'm referring to was a reply to this like toxic pvp player who posted this like generic toxic thing on a eso thing that was like oh but what about pvp but then this other person uh was like oh you should be thankful that they even have pvp in this game like because it's a side note anyways and it's like and, you know, that person is, like, not a big PvP player that said that. So it's like, you know, I really don't agree with that. You know, first off, you know, there, the PvP does get a lot of that. It's like, you know, oh, well, oh, it shouldn't, like, it basically doesn't even need to exist. They don't even care about it. You know, it's just there so the people that, you know will shut up the one PvP and it's like, no, I don't believe that at all. Like, and it like, if you say that, then, you know, you either 
haven't you know really gotten the full experience of elder scrolls online pvp and truly got to enjoy it the way it's meant to be enjoyed or you just haven't tried like that is my honest opinion because there's no way if you love just elder scrolls online like that you wouldn't like the pvp that's my honest opinion because if you just play other shows online, like you just specifically like, I only like play it because I like dungeons. That's it. Then okay, you might not like PvP, but if you're someone who's like, oh my god, I you know I'm like a map completionist, do all this quests, I like you know have do dungeons, do trials, end game, everything. Like there's no way you wouldn't like PvP if you got a good build going where you felt like confident in pvp you're running with friends you like gotten a good group like it only takes one good experience to outweigh so many bad experiences in pvp because like you learn that like you know you could run out there and get killed you know 10 times but if you go run out there and take on an army one time and have just a really awesome fight then that is what you're going to remember, you know? So I I really, I don't vibe with uh, all that PvP, you know, oh, shouldn't even exist kind of stuff, but just gets my goat, you know? I'll get off my soapbox, though. <laughs> yeah, and uh, kind of to, like, you know, kind of circle back to that, like, if that was the case where like they were just making it so like PvP people would be happy, not because like they actually cared about it, it wouldn't be in the game still. Like it, I I can only imagine how much just like keeping up like serial servers might cost because Yeah, like it takes they're, they're so already much, really laggy. It takes like, so much work for them to keep that up for sure. Like if it wasn't a main thing, they would just drop it. Yeah. Like, or at least they would just, you know, remove Cyrodiil and put it just Battlegrounds, probably. If it was, if no one cared. Exactly, yeah. Alright, and our uh, last major point of this little subsection uh, is an interesting take from some of the uh, endgame community. Like, a little another little subsection that I saw. I think this was on Reddit. But, uh... It was saying that Zoss shouldn't focus on balancing PvP with PvE because they are a minority. Which is interesting because I'm pretty confident in saying that there are more people who do PvP on a day-to-day basis compared to the people who do veteran content on a day-to-day basis. And there's many more hours spent in PvP than PvE on a day-to-day basis. So it was just like, I don't... I don't. I don't really. I'm not really convinced that uh, PvP is the mind is more of a minority than endgame veteran content. I think they might be about equal, or PvP being more. But yeah, that was just my take. Yeah, because I think a lot of that population is shared as well. You know, like a lot of the endgame vet players are playing both a day so you know you have that kind of overlap whereas you know the typical pvp player probably spends more time than the typical 
a casual PvE player in game just because you have more going on in PvP usually in a day, and you're like, I'm gonna go play, and you're gonna play for, you know, a certain amount of time instead of like queuing for dungeons randomly, and then you get bored or whatever because you're waiting on queues. Um, I don't know. So it's just like it seems like it would be at least equal in my opinion. I mean, there's just an insane amount of hours like put into Cyrodiil and PvP. Like the man power that is put into the time spent there. Um like it's no small undertaking to like run forever or even push top 10 in the leaderboards these days. Yeah, it's just a crazy amount. So, as always, we will proudly stand up for the uh, PvP community. Yes. And I uh, I think that kind of, like, wraps up a section pretty well right there. I mean, there was, like, four more lines of stuff after that that I end up cutting. And then I've cut it up, like, ten bullet points of, like, notes in this little section alone. Because I, I wrote a lot. Like, there was a lot happening around at this time. There's a lot of toxicity going on back and forth. And it it was really like the worst that the community has like been. And yeah, I remember like it was some real weird kind of awkward times. But, you know, considering it's the longest uh, thing we have to talk about in the whole show already, I would say it's probably best you cut the other parts <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> all right so let's move on to the rest of august from the 18th to the 20th we had QuakeCon and the QuakeCon sales now there wasn't too much official stuff with the so there was a lot of community cool stuff going on and there was some uh, good sales as always so you can always look forward to that when QuakeCon is coming up and uh usually uh, robots and Lotus, you know, have ended up getting to do. I think they hosted a trivia thing this time. Um, yeah, I don't think they got to be there in person this time, it was like an online thing. Um, but hey, next year, you know, we're all just waiting for ESO Vegas round two. You know, I'm saving up to, you know, pay for Doc's ticket, but you know, who knows? It might not be in Vegas, it could be somewhere else. So well, it could be somewhere else, then you can buy my ticket. <laughs> yeah. All right, next up, we have uh, August 22nd, and that's the Lost Steps uh, Update 35 PC launch. Uh, and it was not that bad of a launch. There was a few bugs with the like the tribute ranking system breaking down randomly. Uh, the Maelstrom Arena staff was bugged, and Oak and Souls and Power buff disappeared after dying, which is just odd. And uh, September sent incremental fixed all those major bugs. Yeah, I will say though that this there was also a problem of they made the one uh Bioshock dungeon like super way too hard on the last boss, and they had to tone it down like twice at least. Yeah, that is true. That was wild. I remember playing that and being like, this is the hardest boss we fought since, like, maybe Zahn. Like, 
It was just insane. In fact, we may have never beaten a veteran until this day. No, I think we like planned to go in there, but like scheduling conflicts and stuff just never happened. So, yeah, you know those conflicts. All right, next up we have the uh, September sixth uh, Lost Steps update thirty five console launch. Um, not too bad of a launch. The major bugs that were on PC were fixed. The annoying thing that was in- introduced with this was a weird UI error from the Activity Finder that would occur when traveling after getting it, you'd always get it. So, like, if you got it once, then pretty much whenever you go through a load screen, you would just always get it, which was annoying. What but was t- it? I can't even remember, but I remember getting it. It was like you couldn't couldn't run or something. Yeah, like you couldn't like do anything. You had to like spam A or X. You know, oh, Xbox that's right. Hundred yeah. times to, uh, before the error would go away. Yeah, it, it was just like, like an error box. Yeah, and you were always crowned, so it mainly happened to you. Okay, I remember that, and I didn't like it. All right, so moving on to September. Actually, we're already in September, so uh, there you go. In September, we also got the U35 Combat Cube A. At some point, they said they were going to do one, but they never did. So apparently we didn't actually get that. Um, Probably for the best, though, honestly, because it's something that got brought up for the next three months. And will probably happen for three months after this episode goes live, too. So, you know. Even though we're past E35 far and uh, gone at this point, you just never know. Yeah, it's one of those things. Like I don't know where it was said. I don't know when it was said, but but it's something that was always brought up, and it's something that they even acknowledged at I think some point. So I guess it happened. I just couldn't figure out when that happened, like what stream that it was actually said. So like I said, it happened sometime in September, I think, but. Beyond that, I don't know. Well, I'm glad you had me say all that so you had to say it happened at some point in September. Yeah. You're welcome. Very good. Okay. Uh, from September 8th to the 20th was the Indonid event. This was the best Indonid event ever. I don't think the Activity Finder broke for it, except the uh, console bug that was happening where you had to press a a bunch of times but maybe that was fixed i don't know either way it wasn't that that big of a deal um uh, the boxes actually dropped opal style pages or dungeon motifs and they also had an undaunted plunder which was like one which is the uh, 1k gold merchant item uh they dropped undaunted keys and crown repair kits and there was no garbage or terrible drop rate for style pages or motifs and that was the big one because, like in the years past, there's like terrible RNG, like nothing was dropping. You only got a bunch of garbage. So the uh, the boxes were pretty good, and that's not even like considering like the best part about the boxes. Go ahead, dog. Tell them what the best part is. All right, the boxes also gave a curated item drop from the dungeon you got the box trip. That's right, a curated drop. Did you say curated? I did. Wow. What a fantastic gift to the community. Yeah. 
so far the only event to do so. Hopefully there's more to come, like the White Strikes Mid-Year Mayhem boxes. That would be nice. Okay, man, like, you know, you can dream and you could dream. <laughs> that is just like, that's like a thousand on a ten scale of dreaming, bro. I don't think the White Strikes will ever get that far. But do you know how many, like, boxes there are, or how many sets there are in Cyrodo? Or slash PvP? Mainly you know what? Just... I really didn't think I... I used to think I did, and then now that the set <laughs> collection thing is there, and I have to scroll through it, looking at PvP sets, I'm like, wow. This yeah. sucks. Yeah, I don't know how many they are, but there's a lot. I want to say there's at least 30, maybe even 40. Maybe possibly. even, like, yeah, more. <laughs> All right, so then for uh, coming into the end of September, September 29th, uh, we have the Legacy of the Bretons Autumn Event Stream. And who in their right mind can remember what that was about? Oh, I know, I know. Uh, it's because from the September 29th to October 11th, the Heroes of High Isle event was going on. So... Oh, that's good. Yeah. And this was the, uh, you know, the usual chapter event promotion with double drops in that zone. And they also had a pretty nice box full of stuff. And there's a lot of stuff as well as there's like a fruit pet, uh, a couple other free things. And they also ended up giving the Fire Song DLC away for free. It's kind of funny because you're like, uh uh-huh. Here you go. Content that like is super random. I don't know. It's just like it's funny to me that they give the entire DLC away for free. The only other time they did that was a Merkmire. So I'm interested to see like what the new cadence of DLC will bring next year. Like I really am interested with that. Clearly the small story like zone dlcs in the last quarter of the year they just weren't working anymore yeah they also did that with the the deadlands dlc uh last oh, year shoot. wow yeah, I same totally type of that. event style too i think uh i see i see well that makes it even a little more boring so let's move on to the uh, final. We're in the home stretch here. We're just talking Q4 now, and we're already in October. And from October 11th to the 13th, we had another Explorers event, which is double gold experience and nodes just all over Tamriel. It's amazing. It's probably my favorite uh, floating event, I think, which pops up random places. It's my favorite. Yeah, it's definitely a pretty good event. Get lots of gold, lots of experience, and get nodes wherever you want. Pretty good. Yeah, yeah, it always gets me to play for sure. All right, next up, uh, we have October third to December thirtieth. This was a huge promotion. Uh, you had the Doritos and Rockstar Energy promo, uh, and pretty much whenever you got a Doritos or Rockstar Energy drink with that was marked like uh something with the game pass xbox so it was elder scrolls and a couple other things i don't really remember maybe bob remembers but 
Madden, PUBG, Forza, Fallout, and Halo, maybe? Halo, no. yes, good one. Good call. Oh, they did like I think they did like some kind of sweepstakes for that, but they also got uh what do you they also gave away the Karth Wolf uh charger in game mount for ESO specifically. And this was a pretty awesome promotion actually. So Yeah, that was a pretty uh awesome promotion that going on. Hopefully we see more stuff like that in the future. Even though it inspired me to buy far probably too many bags of Doritos than I ever <laughs> needed to. Yeah. All right, so let's move on into November. We got November 1st. That dropped the Fire Song DLC with update 36. And unfortunately, it was bad. Like, worse than U35 bad. Yeah, it was pretty bad. For uh, starters, there were like six crashing bugs that were all occurring randomly. So that was a thing. Some of them had to do with add-ons. Some of them had to do with like different game settings. So it was just crazy all around. Then you had a weird DK standard buff stacking and not going away. Along with uh, Serial Siege not properly going away once they were destroyed which made Cyrodiil practically unplayable. Luckily, both of those were hot fixed like the day after or so, so they were pretty quick on fixing those two bugs in particular. But there's a lot of uh, crazy nonsense going around with that. Uh, guild permissions weren't working, uh, and the new house link for a guild message of the day wasn't working too. And that was like the new thing. Well, that was one of the new things that they added that just didn't work. Um, there's a block bug, but we will talk more about that later, I think. Maybe not. I don't know. Um, and many more minor bugs, but those were the big ones. Like, those were the ones that, like, everyone knew, and it was a problem. And then, uh, about 10 days after that, so November 11th, there was a creative director message on Firesong PLC launch. And the community got to claim the Guar Lizard Calf Pet, which many people honestly didn't care about. But, you know, it was something. So there was that. Um, but pretty much what that message saying was that, like, that the launch was bad. They acknowledged that the launch was bad and that they can do better. And then November 15th, there was a Fire Song Update 36 console launch, which was much smoother compared to PC. But some of the big bugs still existed. Uh, there was a post that was like a fixed and known issues. Uh, most notably, the block bug was still a thing, and there was mythics that were un unobtainable. So that was a thing, to say the least. And the next coming up with the end of November, from the 17th to the 29th, at the Dark Heart of Skyrim event. So, uh, it was an alright event. The big thing with this event was that Skyrim Dungeons had double props, which was nice. Yeah, it did kind of suck that the event was two days after the console launch, but that's kind of just how it's been going for the Q4 DLC lately, which is, you know, 
this year and last year, maybe even the year before that. And then uh, late November, there was a Shalmar's Nightmare Mask style page, but that was bugged and didn't drop. And that kind of sucked because uh, at the end of the Skyrim event, like it was available, but in the end of the Skyrim event had double drops, but you couldn't use that to help your chances at all. So that was a bummer. And then lastly for November, there's uh, November 18th, there was an ESO live stream with uh, Trivium. And I believe I was busy, so I don't actually know what happened for that. I just know that that happened. So to wrap it up, we've got uh, December stuff here. The 4th and the 6th, PC and console respectively had the first incremental patch. PC got a new block bug. Block bug. Say that ten times fast. A new block bug that console already had, but the first one was fixed for both PC and consoles. Now, they also turned off every targeting system on uh, every enemy player in PvP so that they could work on that system before uh, sending the players back out there. And then uh, we have December 12th. This was Studios Director's Letter, ESO 22 Retrospective and the Future. And this is probably the biggest, big of, the biggest bit of information all year. And it seemed to bring you know some spark back to the ESO, ESO community, a very positive spark at the, at the very least. Um, especially those who are on the fence of taking a break and having something new to look forward to uh, coming like next year, 2023. And then uh, shortly after that was, you know, mid-December, which is normal Crown Crate season. They dropped a new Crown Crate season, like new series. And it was kind of just terrible timing. And some people were banned. Um, I don't think it was a really big deal, honestly, because like I said, it's they normally drop one in, in uh, December. So I don't know, you know, bad circumstances, really. Yeah. So then for December 18th and 19th, for PC and console, they got their second incremental patch. This changed the block bug to be much more manageable because it could be fixed with a bar swap, but nonetheless, it was still there. Uh, the biggest thing is that it seems to happen when you sheath your weapons, which I never do personally in between fights. But maybe that's just because I'm weird. So, but Bob was saying earlier that he was doing it. So I don't know. Yeah, because you run faster when your weapons sheathed. I'm not convinced that you run faster with your, with your weapons sheathed. I'm like a thousand percent sure on that. But y'all have to let us know because I swear. I'm not convinced. All right. Uh. December 15th, the ESO is put back on Xbox Cloud Gaming. Um, that's nice for people who play on different consoles or if you want to play. Or, uh, I actually played ESO a little bit at uh, my aunt's house, so I was able to do it on you know, Cloud Gaming, so that was nice. Um, and then December 20th is the ESO Dev Deep Dive for Core Combat Values. Uh, this really wasn't much of a deep dive, but it did state what their goals for combat were. And one of the issues is that some of the goals contradict each other. 
and you couldn't have one without affecting the other in a serious matter on some of their goals. So that's something that some people kind of pointed out and noticed. But that's all like opinion stuff. So. So last but not least, from December 15th to January 3rd, we had the New Life Festival with a double experience and uh, stuff. Yep, that's a good old dog note right there. Yeah, uh, had boxes and, uh, you know, quests to do and all that fun stuff. Uh, I thought it was going until the 4th, apparently, because I logged in on the 3rd and was very sad to see that it was already gone. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I was gonna spend my semi-tickets on the 4th, too. So, yeah. I was also very set. Or I guess it would have been, like, the 3rd evening. Yeah, June January 3rd on, like, the night. But, yeah. And along with that, there's also, you know, the usual gift tickets and get crown crates promotion going on. So. But uh, that does wrap up our uh, ESO 22 year review and summary. All right, Bob, any uh, final thoughts on this year? You know, um, it was a it was a good year for ESO it started out really hot and then it kind of fizzled at the end I definitely think that some of the um, you know community stuff that went on mid-year and then the bugs that came out with the last DLC definitely had a hindrance on the second half of the year for ESO but overall, I think it was a pretty good year, and I, you know, can't wait to keep celebrating 2023. Yeah, I, uh, I definitely agree. Um, I think 2023 is definitely going to be much better than 2022. So I'm definitely looking forward to some of the new stuff coming in 2023, whatever the new stuff is. So. All right, so that's going to wrap up our 2022 uh, wrap-up and our 2023 uh, first episode. So there you go, all in one. Dogged, my dude, we got another year ahead of us, and hopefully ESO puts out some uh, exciting new stuff with their new uh, plan of the year. We'll, We'll have to see how it goes. Until then, where can the people find us? All right, you can find us on Twitter, the at Red Diamond Cast. You can find us on our Facebook, on the Red Diamond Career. You can find us in our ESO PC or Xbox Guild of Heirs of the Red Diamond, which you can join on our 8Robots Radio Discord phone on robotsradio.net. And if you check our show notes, you'll find all the good stuff, like links to our merch store, sponsors, ESO-hub.com, music producer, and all that stuff. Plus, if you spend enough time on Apple Podcasts, give us a five-star review with words. We will shout your name to the holiness of Talos. And uh, he will bless you. So there you go. They'll leave us a review. Dogged, what about you, my man? All right. uh, You can find me on Xbox, Twitter, and ESOPC. All of that at DogBark24. And same for me. It'll be Bob underscore Chachinsky on Twitter and Twitch. 
and just Bob Spitschinski on Xbox. So thank you guys as always for hanging out with us and listening to us wrap up last year for you. Hope you're all as excited for 2023 as we are, and we can't wait to uh, be back in your ear holes uh, here very soon. Yep, see ya. You've been listening to a Robots Radio podcast. Smart shows for interesting people. Check out all the shows at robotsradio.net. In a world where solid-state electronics and vacuum tubes are still meta, people never stop loving atomic-powered everything. A chosen 500 stepped inside a subterranean vault to be spared the nuclear horror of the inevitable Great War. 25 years later, they emerge after the fallout settles to retake Appalachia. Among them, two former rivals whose blood feud will tear West Virginia apart in their epic struggle for survival. Chad, a vault bro who has a strength of 15, an intelligence of two, and is a complete wasteland dickhead. Simon, a complicated anti-hero who chooses light and hope, but accidentally becomes a cannibal and wakes up naked and afraid with a Scorch Beast Queen after a date goes terribly wrong. What? I mean, it's a wild wasteland, right? This dark humor radio drama will have you driving off the road and crawling out from under the fallout. Two men. One wasteland. And so many nukes. Chad, a Fallout 76 podcast. Rated R. Now streaming on your holotape player podcasty thing.